Hello, and welcome to the Consume Church Weekly Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you are blessed by this message entitled, Happy Good Father's Day. For any further information on the ministries of Consume Church, please check us out at theconsumechurch.com. Have a blessed day. to consumed church I just got wrecked this morning I was going to read Isaiah 61 when I stepped up here (laughs) so let's try this one Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all of his troubles. I'm a fairly exuberant worshiper because I know where I came from. I was bound and addicted and I broke everything that I put my hands to. I used to tell people I was going to hell with my fingers in my ears and rocks in my pockets and couldn't get there quick enough. And he just stepped in. I wasn't looking, but he was. He's such a good father. Okay, I think I'll tell a joke. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Sylvia said I was being immature one time. I said, yeah, you get out of my fort. (laughs) Uh... There was a man lived out in the country, had a pretty good spread of land, and during the late fall before winter, he would cut a lot of wood and bring wood into town, sell it to the people that lived in the suburbs and had fireplaces. So he would bring his little son with him and had a little moped, so while he was unloading wood, his son would ride the moped around the block. Little boy sitting there on the moped, and the guy pulls up in a Jaguar. He's, he's never seen one of those before. The guy sees him looking, he rolls his window down and says, stick your head on in here and look. And, I mean, it's real wood, it's real leather, it smells new. The little boy says, oh, I've never seen a car look like this. He said, when I get big, I'm going to get one of these. The gentleman said, well, good. He said, well, I got to go. So he thought he'd kind of give the kid a little bit, so he started off a little quick Looks in his mirror, and here comes a kid on a moped. Zoom, just flies right past him. Oh, yeah? So he hammers down a little more, passes the kid, looks back in the mirror again. Here comes a kid. Boom, bam, just runs into the back of his Jaguar. He gets out and says, are you okay? And he says, yeah, his bike's tore up. I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah. He said, but could you unhook my suspenders from your mirror, please? You get out of my fort. <laughs> my last two messages were uh, show us the Father and kingdom family. So when Pastor John asked me if I'd speak on Father's Day, I said, yeah, I'll probably, I can make up something. You know, it's fitting that we give honor to fathers today. Fathering was hard for me. 
I'm so blessed that God's redeemed our family, but fathering was tough for me. I didn't know how to call out the gold. I didn't know how to speak identity, destiny to my kids, but I do now. So it's good that we honor fathers today, but I want to stop and give honor and thanksgiving to a wonderful Heavenly Father. You are so good. You're better than we're ever going to know. We honor you, Father. Luke, or excuse me, 1 John 3, 1 says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. (laughs) If we really knew, if we had a revelation of what it means that God is our Father, it would change every one of us to the core. So the title of my message today is Happy Good Father's Day, because he's a good, good father. He's a good father. (laughs) Here's what it takes to be a good father, among other things. He's loving, he's welcoming, he's compassionate and accepting, he's involved, he's present and affectionate, he's a provider, he's generous and giving. He's faithful, dependable. He's a protector. He supports and cares. He's ever watchful over us. He guides us. He corrects us. Gives us good counsel and loving discipline. He's patient. He's kind. He's honest. He's fun. He's a good father. He's everything you would want a father to be and so much more. He's a good, good father. You know, if you look online, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now about the difference between a father and a dad. According to the narrative, <clears throat> a father is just one who deposits seed so that a child can be born. Just one who has begotten a child, whereas a dad is one, a male parent, one who's there to parent, who's there to take part in the kid's life. But I have a little trouble with that because I've got a perfect father. (laughs) He's a great dad. He's loving. He's not critical. He's not condemning. He's not selfish. He's not standoffish. He's not aloof. He's not manipulative or controlling. He's not mean or angry. He doesn't shame. He's not abusive. He's not absent or uncaring. He'll never lie. He'll never change. He will never not love you. He will never not love you. (laughs) Now, I've talked before uh, about how the Old Testament doesn't really reveal God as a personal father. There's, I think, 13 scriptures in the Old Testament where God's called our father, and there's some other scriptures where it talks about him being, you know, the father of the nation or the father of David. But... It's recorded in the scripture that Jesus called God Father 175 times. And it was it was new. No fathering is God's idea. When God created the world. He created the world so that seed produces like kind. And he started the whole fathering thing. It was God's idea. 
Is there any wonder why there's such an attack on fathers? Why there's such an attack on fatherhood? Um, those of you that uh, follow Chris Vallotton know that he's teaching a teaching right now called the, the Elijah Mandate. Turning the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And he's studied a lot of the a lot of the uh, results of having uh, fatherless homes. Here's just a few of them that I looked up this morning. Um, this is from the U.S. Department of Justice. Children from fatherless homes account for 63% of youth suicide. Children from fatherless homes are 90% of all homeless and runaway youth come from a home without a father. 85% of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from a home without a father. This is from the government. 71% of all high school dropouts come from a home without a father. 70% of juveniles in state-operated juvenile detention centers come from a home without a father. 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse centers come from a home without a father. There's such an attack on fatherhood. Some of us have trouble approaching father because of wounds Disappointments. Some have trouble approaching father just because they didn't have a father and they don't trust him. God had an answer for that. He said, you must be born again. You know what that means? You've been re-fathered. You've been re-fathered. That's the answer to brokenness. That's the answer to father wounds. He does a marvelous job of healing, but the first thing he did is he said, listen, I'll make you a brand new creature. I'll empower you to be a child of God and I'll be your father. I'll re-father you. Reborn from incorruptible seed from a perfect father. We can come to him and be healed and restored. Ephesians 2.18 says this, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. The, the, the context he's talking about is Jews and Gentiles. He says, through Jesus, Jews and Gentiles both have access in one spirit to the Father. The word access means a bringing to it means to be able to approach for intimate interaction through one spirit we can approach the father for intimate interaction it took me a while to learn this i'm still learning this Sylvia and I talk about in my family when we used to go to family reunions, there was zero public displays of affection. It just didn't happen. I'm, I'm not sure that I ever even saw it between parents and kids. I know I didn't see it between married couples. I, I, I grew up, um, my family history is... Uh, there's just not a whole lot of intimacy. And so even when I knew the scriptures, I knew the scriptures a long time ago. I still had just such a difficult time approaching God intimately as a father. <laughs> How many of you know the seven Hebrew words for God from Jehovah? Right? 
Uh, Jehovah Jireh is the most common one. God is our provider. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. It means he's our victory, like you were talking about. He raises up the banner, place where we're victorious. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord is our righteousness. Let me tell you the one you haven't ever heard. Jehovah Papa. (laughs) Because until Jesus came, nobody knew that. And when it's recorded that Jesus called God Abba when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The most decisive, critical, difficult time in his life. He tells the disciples to come with him and pray, and then he tells uh, Peter, James, and John to come a little farther, and then he just falls down and says, Abba, Father. We've talked about it before, Abba. It's an intimate name. It's an affectionate name from a dependent child to a loving father. Dad, Papa. In Jesus' most difficult moment of his life, just out of his heart came Abba, O Pater, Papa God. But there's a, there's a problem in Christendom, and that is that we can agree with a lot of things without actually experiencing them. I did. I understood the theology a long time before my heart began to be opened to the experience. I've told you all up here before, the the encounter that I had with God where uh, he began to speak my life's message to me. I didn't know that's what it was then, but that's what it was. And he told me some things about being a father to a son and a son to a father. And it was... uh, right at 10 years before my heart got soft enough to begin to experience it. The, um, I like the NFL. I like the NFL. I've liked the NFL since I was a kid. I grew up in Tennessee, but it was the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Steelers in the 70s. Y'all know what the definition of NFL is? It's 22 guys who need rest being screamed at by 60,000 people who most of need in, need exercise. <laughs> and, and so, and so if, you, if you know any real football fans, here, here's what they'll say. Boy, we whooped them. <laughs> we spanked y'all. Well, the truth is, you didn't spank anybody. You were sitting on the couch with a cold drink and a bag of chips. <laughs> and we can be fans of truth. We can be fans of truth like worship. We can be worship fans without really taking part in worship. We can be fans of prayer without ever really letting the Lord teach us to pray. Ow. And we can be fans of the whole sonship message without ever really realizing we're talking about it from a distance and haven't yet experienced it. I did. Uh, turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Luke's chapter 15. We're going to talk about the prodigal son. I'm going to focus on the good father. I've been meditating on this for weeks. 
when I was preparing the message this week, this is what the Lord said to me. I don't want my children just back on the property, not just covered and accepted, not just celebrated and received, but I want them back in the home of their father. I want them in the family. <laughs> now, Luke 15 starts out like this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The scripture said, So Jesus said, and he gives three parables. First one is the lost sheep. Second one is the lost coin, and the third one is the prodigal son. So, why was Jesus telling this story? Because the religious people thought they knew what the father was like. So he says, all right, let me tell you a story. Now, the word prodigal... Uh, has several definitions. Here's the first one. One who spends money or resources freely and recklessly. That's where that comes from. There's actually a term that means prodigal living, and that's what it means. It's, it's actually the word uh, that Paul uses when he says, uh, don't be drunk with wine because that's dissipation. It's almost there. But it's, it means, it comes from the word sozo. It means without salvation. It means there's some stuff you do that just doesn't produce, produces the opposite of salvation. Here's something I wrote. The son rejected and dishonored his father, then returned home when he came to himself because he knew that even the father's hired servants had more than enough food. It wasn't his love for his father or his sorrow for his behavior that brought him home. It was his hunger. It was his lack. He came home for provision. He knew that being a servant to his father was better than being a son without him. So, I'm going to read Luke 15. Follow along with me if you would. Starting with verse 11. He said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property on reckless living. That's the word, dissipation. Reckless living without salvation. And when he'd spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants. Not a lot of repentance there, is it? At least if I went and worked for my dad, I'd have something to eat and a place to live. He 
Even in his fallen state, he knew that being a servant to the father was better than being a son without his father. So, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, but, say but, but, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So where was he? He was a long ways off. And what happened? Father saw him a long way off. A long way off, the father saw him. Knew exactly who he was. From a great distance, he had been watching, hoping, longing. His father saw him and felt compassion. This is an interesting word. It's the word splanchnine, which probably comes from the word splen, which is the word spleen. That's the organ inside of us that cleanses the blood. It means gut-level feelings. It's visceral. It's deep. Literally, to be moved in the inward parts. The capacity to feel deep emotion. So when he saw him far off, he felt deep emotion. And it wasn't anger. It wasn't disappointment. And what did the son do? He rejected and dishonored his father, and he was only coming back because he was starving. Here's what it said God did. Here's what it said the father did. (laughs) The word treco means to run wide open. Means to get there as quick as you can. The next word is epipipto. Epi means against and pipto means to fall. He fell upon him. He ran as fast as he could, and he fell upon him. (laughs) And if you look up the Greek for kiss, it says he kissed in three ways. Passionately, fervently, and repeatedly. (laughs) Deep emotions. So he runs as fast as he can, falls upon his son, And fervently and passionately kisses him and keeps kissing him. Why did he tell this story? Because they thought they knew what the father was like. Luke 15, 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, say it, but... The father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let's eat and celebrate. For my son was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and he's, now he's found and they begin to celebrate. Now, you've heard people say, this is actually the story of the prodigal dad. Because there's another definition of prodigal that means this, having or giving on a lavish scale. Quickly bring the best robe. While they're still afar off, quick, quickly bring the best robe. The best robe might have been the father's robe. Quickly cover up the evidence of his mistakes and his sins. Quickly cover up his shame. Quickly cover up all 
of the evidence of where he's been. No trial period. Lavishly covering. You've probably heard before. Righteousness. The robe of righteousness. The robe of of favor. When you showed up with this thing on, everybody knew you were somebody and you belonged to somebody. The best robe. Get it on him quick. And put a ring on his finger. I've heard it before, the stamp of the family. But it was also a sign of wealth. Restored identity as a son. This is the family I'm in right here. Y'all remember um, when Joseph became Pharaoh's number two guy, Pharaoh took his ring off and put it on Joseph's hand. In Persia, the story of Esther, uh, Mordecai, when he helps show the king there's an evil plot against God's people and God turns it, what does the king do? He takes his ring off, he puts it on Mordecai's hand. A place of authority, (laughs) dignity, significance. He didn't even get a bath yet, (laughs) y'all. Sandals on his feet. Why? Servants go barefooted. Sons don't. He's saying, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. He tells the real servants, y'all put the robe on him. Y'all put the ring on his hand. Y'all put the shoes on his face, on on his hand. He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. But scripture, see what kind of love the Father's given us that we should be called children of God. And let's get out the calf. Uh, we love beef. This Texan, we love beef. <laughs> you know what the fatted calf was? All of the rest of the cows are out in the fields eating grass. This one's in a pen. It's getting fed every day. This is the tenderest beef you've ever put your teeth on. It's never run. It stays in a pen and gets fattened up for nothing but celebration. And one of the most common celebrations that they would have is when somebody was a part of the family and had been gone for a very long time and came back. So it wasn't like, this is my son who's come back in shame and we're going to bring him in the back door so nobody sees him and give him a time of, uh, of restitution to prove that he's really sorrowful. He says, y'all throw a party, crank up the music, start the grill, it's on. <laughs> Not just forgiveness, but restoration to the blessings of sonship. Immediately. You think you know what the Father's like? It's what the Father's like right here. He's not standing at a distance waiting to see if our repentance is genuine. He's not making us earn our way back to his acceptance. Matthew 7, 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How much more Will your father give good things to those that ask him? How much more will your father give good things to those that ask him? 
no shadow of turning. He's not ever going to cast a different shadow than he already cast. He's not ever going to change. You think you know what the Father's like? <laughs> when, we, when I talked in here before about uh, sonship, spirit of adoption, Remember we talked about the word wheels? Wheels is a son who's mature and has a full inheritance with the father. It's a son who carries the likeness and the image of his father. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of Jesus lives in us so that we can say, Abba, Father, too. He hasn't given you a spirit that would cause you to feel like you're a servant in the house. Talked about it before. That word fear means to withdraw because you feel inadequate. That's not the one he gave you. <laughs> he gave you weosthesia. The setting in of a son to a full place in the father where he looks like the father, where he has intimacy with the father, and he has full access to all of the inheritance that comes from being a son. So, happy good Father's Day. You know, the scripture that I read, um, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give good gifts to those who ask him? The other, recount of that in one of the other gospels says, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will the Father give good gifts in the Holy Spirit? Because we have received, if you've been born again, you have received the Spirit. And one of the things he does is he brings you into the adoption as sons and daughters of God. Hmm. Y'all remember the song when God ran? Mighty God, mighty King of Kings. The only time I ever saw him run was when he ran to me, took me in his arms. Held my head to his chest and said, my son's come home again. He looked in my face, wiped the tears from my eyes. With forgiveness in his voice, he said, son, do you know I still love you? It caught me by surprise when God read So, some of us have been wounded. You know the biggest reason you were wounded? I'm not, 
I don't know everybody's stories. Wouldn't pretend to know what to say if I did. But I can tell you this. Your father didn't know the good father. After I got saved and went to Bible college, I still did so much to win my kids. Because I didn't know the good father yet either. But you have the Holy Spirit living in you if you've been born again. If you haven't, would you please come talk to me when we're finished? Just come right talk to me. Drag me over in the corner. Let's talk. But you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And here's what I know Papa wants to do today. to set you in as a son or a daughter. He's acquainted with grief, a man of sorrows. But here's what he knows. You have a new father. You've been refathered. And your new father wants to heal this morning. So I'm not going to ask anybody to come down. I don't want anybody to feel like that they might shame someone else. So just right where you're sitting right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. Is that okay? And you pray this prayer with me because here's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to heal this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. You know, Jesus is still doing that. And he's going to do that today. And it doesn't even matter what words I say. Father, I release the spirit of adoption over your people in Jesus' name. Father, we break those chains of bitterness and unforgiveness. We break the power in Jesus' name of anything from our past because now we have a good, good Father. And Father, we receive you. We ask you spirit of adoption to come and bring us into our Father. More than we've ever known before. Everyone in the room, Father. Closer than we've ever been before. Holy Spirit, we ask you to begin to pull down the lies that would keep us from trusting you. Pull down the lies that would make us believe that we don't belong before you, that we don't belong close to you. In Jesus' name. I declare over you healing of the brokenhearted. I declare over you liberty from captivity. I declare over you freedom from prison in Jesus' name. Father, those of us that you've brought healing in our lives, and are continuing to do so. But we still just have a difficult time feeling welcome before you. A difficult time with intimacy with you. 
Lord Jesus, we just open up our hearts. Say that, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to all you are, to all that you want to do. I open myself to be with my Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what I'd like to do. I've asked uh, Pastor John that he'd pray a Father's blessing over us this morning. asked me to do that. I was just meditating on just the importance of the role of a father and how it's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've been going over this with you guys for a month now, but just as a sign of the kingdom of God that comes into our lives, that this is the age of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sets things the way God has intended them to be set. And so for fathers... job, by the way, Brad. But in Luke chapter 1, this is where Gabriel is talking to a father, Zechariah. And he's telling him about his son that's going to be born, John the Baptist. And you think back to Malachi chapter 4, saying that he would, that the Lord was going to send the spirit of Elijah before the great and awesome day of the Lord to restore the hearts of fathers to their children, lest he strike the land with a curse of utter destruction. That it's actually setting things back in order. That the work of the Holy Spirit is actually the Father God, as Brad just talked about, but dads, that we can actually step in line with our calling and our vocation and identity as fathers. That that's part of the work of the Holy Spirit. And what do dads do? sound like I'm preaching, but Luke 1 15, Gabriel speaking, and he says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord, a people prepared So it's the role of the father to actually prepare. To prepare you by establishing your identity, by all those wonderful things that we see revealed in the prodigal son story, but to make you ready for what God's going to do. Think about my broken relationship with my dad. He always had that sense that he just couldn't measure up to the expectations of the world. And I think he spent most of his time trying to heal himself from the wounds he had from his own father. But before he died in the last year, God appeared to him. And he said, I got one last mission. And for a dad that I felt like had never done anything for me because I felt like he was kind of stingy and hard on me, I'm so grateful even what I interpreted as his brokenness was definitely in play but yet he wanted me to be prepared he was always hard on me and that really is the role in the heart of a father you know mothers nurture the fathers go and make space out the territory make room for you to actually walk into your future so as we embrace the heart of the father dads, that's really what we're made to do, is to prepare kids. And everything in our culture that is against the Father offers like an instantaneous gratification and cheap substitutes to bypass your destiny and your future. So I think as I pray a blessing over you, 
it's going to have that flavor about it. So Holy Spirit, we embrace you. We embrace your work to restore the hearts of the fathers to the children. I bless you right now to be so full of your identity in Christ, for you to have encounters daily with the Lord that establishes who you are, who he says you are, that his goodness and his love would overwhelm you and push out every fear, every voice that says that you're not enough. I declare over you right now that you are more than enough. And I bless you to step into your destiny. And I declare that he has gone before you and he is making room for you. I bless your discipleship and your growth, your ability to just let the peace and the power of the Holy Spirit catch you up on the track that God has for you. To walk in power, to walk in the fire of God and to fulfill everything that's in his heart for you. So Lord, we just say kingdom come in every life here in Jesus' name. And fathers, I pray strength over you. I pray pray honor over you and blessing over you as you hone in and you rise up and you make space for your family and for your kids. Jesus' mighty name, amen. Go take your dad to a steak or something. <laughs> Fattened calf sounds good. I think we're going to have beef is on the menu. Hallelujah. Love you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.